Fun Factory.com has partnered with Locker Room Talk and Shots. So when you use my special code, SELS20, you get 20% off your Fun Factory purchase. Just head to us.funfactory.com and use my code, SELS20, at checkout for 20% off sex toys, lube, massage oils, and more. Cheers. <laughs> Do the sex. Hi, this is Annette Benedetti, your hostess for Locker Room Talk and Shots, the podcast that likes to think of itself as the queer NPR of raunchy women's sex talk. You are about to sit in on the kind of conversations women have on their girls' nights out or behind closed doors while enjoying delicious drinks and dishing about sex. Think fun, honest, and feminist as fuck, and always with the goal of fighting the patriarchy, one female orgasm at a time. Welcome to the locker room. <laughs> Bring loop. Today's locker room talk topic is the divorced virgin. We are going to be talking about how one woman escaped evangelical purity culture and decided to share her journey to becoming a self-proclaimed whore, something I fully support, which shouldn't surprise any of my listeners by now. We are drinking Asti. We're just drinking. This is going to be a booze-infused conversation because, I don't know, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around marriage, divorce, and coming out the other end, a virgin, but the divorced virgin is here. And I'm actually going to introduce this very unique guest who has come to join me today. Uh, her name is Mindy. She is the divorced version on Instagram. She is a content creator and a writer, and she is telling her story about how she basically escaped evangelical Christianity and the conditioning that led her to enter a marriage uh, where she remained a virgin and eventually a divorced virgin um, and is now helping others in situations similar to hers. So Mindy, the divorced virgin, thank you for joining me today. Why, thank you. All right. So let's raise our glasses and <laughs> let's get ready to talk about Purity culture and sex. I don't know if we should be cheersing to that, but well, the sex part, but okay. let's start with purity culture. Well, we can uh, cheers to getting out of it. To getting out of it. We will be doing a lot of cheers to that. But first, yeah. Mindy, could you, could you in as clear of a way as you can, maybe explain what purity culture is as you know it like what does that mean and i have had another guest on before um who has talked about it a little bit but i still feel like even for myself having done research on purity culture it's a little bit vague so if you could even give a little more insight into what that means that would be helpful well what it means to me is um kind of scaring people especially women into not having sex before, at least before they're married, right? I mean, not having sex before they're married. Mm -hmm. um, that they will burn an eternal hell if they have sex before they're married. Now, a lot of times that even refers to girls who have been molested, who have been uh, sexually assaulted, because 
she has a, she did something to tempt those men. Mm -hmm. And so they put the blame on her and uh, it's, it's a horrible thing. Right. And this purity culture is usually fueled by some sort of religion, correct? Oh, absolutely. And can it be fueled by all different religions or does it tend to be more in the evangelical Christian community? Well, um, it's all different kinds. It's, it's high controlled religions. Um, I know it in the, you know, obviously the evangelical realm, but, um, a lot of my followers are Muslim, are, um, you know, Jehovah's Witness, are, you know, just all, all over the board, Mormons, you know. Right. Um, so I didn't realize actually until I started my page that it, how much it affected other communities. Uh, to clarify for listeners, when uh, she says my followers and my page, uh, Mindy, the divorced virgin, is on Instagram. And at the end of the podcast, we will tell you how to follow her and find out more. So just so it doesn't sound like followers, like you've built your own religion. Uh, she is <laughs> through social media. Mindy is helping educate people on her experience. So I just wanted to clarify that. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. So let's launch into it. Um, it's clear that you were raised in, in purity. Was there, uh, you said evangelical Christianity. Was there a specific religion you were raised in? Yes. Um, actually, I was raised in mostly, um, it was, I started off with IHOP which is International House of Prayer in Kansas City, Missouri. Well, actually, it's in Grandview, to be specific. But, um, yeah, it was before it was IHOP that I was, uh, before it got rebranded, uh, that I was a part of it. And uh, then I attended other um, crazy... <laughs> <laughs> evangelical uh, churches, uh, the speaking in tongues and the oh, wow. hands by like healing and prophecy and all this stuff. So yes, it was very, um, to any outsider, it looks fucking nuts. Right. And yes. it was nuts, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> I look back there now. I remember when I was, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't tell that story, but it was, it was really funny. Um, uh, you should tell all the stories. All the stories. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So I went back as a college student because I had a, a politics and religion class and he, he was like, find a church, do all this stuff. And I was like, I know a church. And so, uh, we went there. Uh, there was four other girls and, it scared them so bad that they left. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it was crazy. Yeah. They're like, oh, I can't believe this even exists. Like it was, it was hilarious. And then we had to write a paper about it, but anyway. And you already had experience. So yeah. you were raised in that. It sounds like you were homeschooled. So did, your yeah. family really was involved in the church. Is that correct? Um, they, it's kind of funny. They were involved in the, before IHOP became IHOP thing. Um, you know, they did a lot of rebranding, like I said. And so, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So my dad was on the healing team. He was on the prophecy team. Uh, so he could heal people. He's, you know, it was very impressive. And, um, he could see things in the spirit. They were very involved initially. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, there was things that happened at that church. There was, um, you know, prophets from God that were having affairs with women in the church. Uh, there was, you know, people stealing from the tithe and stuff like that. There's some scandals. And so my parents, um, decided to not go to that church anymore. My dad decided never to go to church again. Um, but we did. And, um, that was one as, as, uh, being. We, as in you and your mother did continue. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, my mom and the kids. Um, I'm the oldest of seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we continued to go to different churches. Um, and because I was homeschooled and wasn't allowed many outside um, influences or, you know, hanging out with different people, there was only certain ways I could do that. And one of them was church. So what I would do is um, find approved churches that I could go to, like say on Wednesday nights and just different things. And so that's where uh, I got a lot of the crazy purity culture stuff as well. Right. So fast forward, you stay a virgin because you don't want to burn in hell. Yes. Fair enough. Um, and I, I know I was raised Catholic. I wouldn't say necessarily, I wouldn't call it purity culture. Uh, I guess kind of, but I do understand how real heaven and hell and that fear is. I can definitely understand that. Uh, it did not stop me from losing my virginity, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, but again, what I don't mean to uh, compare my experience to you. There was not the speaking in tongues. And like that is such a next level uh, terror. I could only imagine if it, it terrified your grown college student friends, how terrifying it must have been as a young child to be immersed in it. Uh, it horrifying, I'm sure. So, but we're going to fast forward to how this marriage happened. Um can we fast forward to that point? You've stayed a virgin and what happens? How do you meet this man? What does that look like? If I may. Yes. I want to clarify like how much hell scared me. Yeah. And um, because it doesn't make sense. My story does not make sense unless people understand to the extent that hell scared me. Yeah. Um. So when I was a young kid, and up until I was, I mean, I remember this happening when I was 12 plus even. Um, I would, I would pray, I spend an hour thinking of all the things that happened that day because, and, and like that God could possibly take wrong in my actions so that if I died during the night, mm that I would go to heaven. And I remember crying and I can feel it now where I can't believe this happened when I was a kid. Like who does this to children? But I would be like, 
please just, if I forgot anything, please forgive me and let me go to heaven. Yeah. It was, like, doing that to a kid is horrible. Why would you do that? It's child abuse. And um, so that is where all this comes from. I was a kid scared of hell and it, um, you know, teenager, you know, I got, like I said, with, um, you know, if anything happened, you know, to women, then it was their fault. So I would, you know, I would pray. I would, I wore humongous clothes. Can, when you say, when you say if anything happened to women, meaning they were raped or, assaulted or touched in any way, it was their fault. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so I, you know, I would wear baggy clothes. Um, I made sure that people, you know, men wouldn't look at me, you know, and in funny thing is, is they still did, <laughs> even though I did all these things to prevent, you know, I wouldn't wear, uh, it sounds funny because some people are forced, some women are forced to wear dresses, but like I made sure I didn't wear dresses, that I wore tennis shoes so I could run. Like, you know, if something were to happen with, you know, guys deciding they were going to rape me or whatever, I could run. I wasn't like um, in high heels where I couldn't run, you know, just different things, right? Right. So, so. even at a young age, you were planning out how to avoid yeah. causing rape and, and preparing right. for if a guy tried to take something from you that might then even still send you to hell. Right. Mm. Right. I did everything possible to avoid it. So like it was, you know, it was very fear-based. I had, you know, um, yeah, it was very fear-based. And so I couldn't, you know, on my, on my wedding night, I couldn't just turn that off. It wasn't like, you know, a light switch that I could be like, okay, you know, suddenly it's okay. No, like I was like, how is it just one day? You know, it was from one day it was like horrible. I was going to go to hell and burn forever and like all these things to it's okay now. It's okay. You know, and like, all you know, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. Like I, I couldn't process. You couldn't bring yourself to have sex. I couldn't bring myself to have sex. And thankfully, I mean, the, you know, I mean, thankfully and unthankfully, I guess um, the guy was amazing. Um, May I ask how you met him? <laughs> uh, my parents were very angry at me. Um, they, I, you know, they had even talked about arranged marriage. Um, at one point because they, you know, they would know best and all these things. Um, but, uh, I met him on the internet at the time. I'm, I'm 41. Yeah. And so it was, it was a new thing, a newer thing. And I met him on Yahoo personals and we basically exchanged emails for six months. Uh, didn't know what each other looked like or anything. And, uh, just, I just knew his heart and my mom was livid when she found out about him. I mean, I mean, she went on dates with us oh. afterwards cause she realized she couldn't stop me. So she went on all my, like, like a shit, like tons of dates. That's how you stayed a virgin. 
<laughs> he'd take us to the nicest places. It was my first time, like really uh, getting to go on, uh, like, of course, actual dates, right? Because I'd never really, been, I'd never been on a date before. But then also, he took us like mystery theater and like all oh. these really cool things. And yeah, he was. Um, I still talk to him today. Uh, in fact, he he lives about twenty minutes away from where I am right now, and his mom and I are really good buds. Um, I I call her mom. She's she's amazing. She's been a, a huge influence in my life. So he, then, I guess we can cheers the fact that he was cool with you not just going from no sex to sex on your wedding night. Like cheers to a guy somehow, you know being cool enough because let's be honest a lot of guys would be you know and i'm i assume he was cool about it it. yeah Um, would have forced it exactly that's sad that you would even say that um but i think there's a truth to that that there are more guys than people want to admit that in your situation would have forced it absolutely absolutely yeah it was it's actually looking back it's it's amazing that he didn't, especially for the entirety of our relationship. You know, he never, for- now he'd say things like, can we, you know, can we try? Can we do that? You know, are you ready? Like different things, you know? How long were you um, together? Uh, thankfully, <laughs> uh, on paper, a year and a half. Okay. It wasn't really that long. That's um, still a but- decent amount of time to share. I, I, did you share a bed? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a computer nerd. Mm. And so, um, a lot of times he'd just work through the night. So it, it kind of, you know, as, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, those types do, you know, and I, and I say that in a very loving way. We like nerds. There are some good geeky guys out there. All the, um, I have, I have lots of friends who are truly, I mean, not just IT went to the, went to school and all the stuff, you know, like that, like have complete dedication, you know, and interest in it. And we're hackers back in the day and all the stuff. And so like, yes, he's one. And, uh, I, I still love him. Oh, I mean, for that, I mean, not in, not in the romantic way. Right. No. Yeah. As, as, as a person. So what can I ask you? Uh, not that I think this needs to be the bulk of our conversation, but what was it like, um, live, being married to a man that you clearly loved? Were you in love with him? Do you think at that time? I think so. Um, I think so. Um, there was a lot of things I was going through at the time. Um, you know, obviously, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, we had, we actually talked, uh, Alan and I about this, um, my ex and I was in a, excuse me, I was in a situation where my parents were very, very strict. Um, I was expected to marry and have children at a young age. Um, I was one month, uh, into being 19 when we married. Um, and, you know, he kind of freed me from that. You know, he he kind of freed me from that. And yeah, we did talk about that. How would you say he freed you from it? Ultimately, obviously, you've done the work. But 
what about your interaction with him freed you from that cultural jail you were in? He gave me space to be able to understand, like, begin um, deconstruction. Um, Can you share what deconstruction means in this case? We'll be right back. My code SELS20 is your key to kicking off the sexiest new year ever had when you use it at funfactory.com. Enjoy 20% off Fun Factory's luxury products, including vibrators, cock rings, lube, and more when you use my code SELS20. Check out the Vim vibrating wand. Yes, the one featured on this podcast thumbnail. Grab the nose vibrating cock ring and experience more simultaneous orgasms in 2024. And don't forget to check out their rabbit style vibes. I'm talking about the lady bye for toe curling blended O's all year long. Just fill your cart and use code SELS20 at checkout and enjoy 20% off when you shop funfactory.com. Cheers. Uh, yes. Um, just, I guess to me, it means figuring out in all the ways that you were bullshitted. Right. <laughs> like, to me, that's, you know, figuring out the ways that you're bullshitted and figuring out what's truth, I think is a good way to put it. Yeah. Bullshitted by this religion that by, caused by you terror. Yes. I mean, yes. In this situation, it would definitely be like the, um, how I was raised, the religion and, and how, yes, and, and purity culture. And although at the time I, I wasn't deconstructing purity culture necessarily, but, um, like to the extent I, w- I was like, well, yes, I was because it was like, why can't I have sex? Like, what is wrong? And what I would do is I'm almost like make him feel guilty and make him feel a certain way and like why but at the same time I was struggling with me it was horrible because um I had learned a little bit of uh, uh manipulation like making others feel a certain way so that I could get what I needed right like um uh in that culture you have to learn in a way, and, and they don't call it manipulation because you, because that's evil, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> but like you have to learn like how to get your way because you're being, you're supposed to be submissive. So you have to learn how to get your way without it appearing that it's your way kind of thing. Right. And so that's what I did to avoid having sex. And so even now we hadn't even uh, like we spoke recently, my ex and I, and he still hadn't, he didn't know that that's what I did. And it's 20 years later. When you say you couldn't have sex, will you explain what that looked like? Like, I assume he approached you, you're in bed, uh, Would you give me an idea of what it looked like to not be able to have sex? 
you know, I think a lot of it, I mean, obviously it was, it was psychological, but you know how psychological a lot of times manifests like in a physical way. It does. So it was wild because like I was so, he's, he's bigger. He's a bigger guy. Wait, wait. and are we talking about his cock? Yes, we are. We're talking about his cock. He had he he had a monster cock. Not his body. He was actually quite thin, but yes. (laughs) So I would like to point my listeners back to monster cocks. The truth about dick size, which you might just hear a little bit about right now. (laughs) Those monster cocks sometimes aren't so good for the dude. (laughs) (laughs) He was he was quite big, and especially it being like the first penis I had ever seen, too. Right? And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, that is supposed to fit in me? Like, how the, you know, and so I kind of got a lot of anxiety out of it. Um, and um, honestly, if I'm going to be honest, I saw it before my wedding night. Mm-hmm. Um, before, if I, you know, but, um, but it, it, it terrified me. And, um, can I can I be honest with you? Some of the biggest cocks like I've ever seen have been like fucking ugly, like like a little bit <laughs> a little bit terrifying, and also like I don't know. I always the biggest one I ever saw that I was not able to get fully in me. I don't know if you've ever seen Dune, the original movie, and the sandworms. All right. Well, it's a bad reference for you, but maybe my listeners will recognize like this giant, scary, ugly sandworms. I that was the first thing that came to my mind. So I can only imagine in your case what how unfucking fair is it that you went through that upbringing, and then when you unwrap the package you're supposed to put inside you, it's a goddamn monster cock. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it was completely scary, and um, and I and I couldn't fathom getting that in. Yeah, and it hurt yeah. when I when we actually kind of we kind of tried, you know, yeah. and it just hurt like hell. Um, and I and I wouldn't for some reason. Well, I know why. I wouldn't let him go down on me. Yeah. You know, because I was embarrassed and all the things. And so I I wouldn't let – so he he kind of sort of knew what he was doing. He wasn't a virgin. So he kind of sort of knew what he was doing. And um, I wouldn't let him do it. Yeah. You and wouldn't let – he listened to me. I mean – Thankfully, he was very understanding. I mean, yes. I mean, he was very understanding. <laughs> he never forced anything, you know. Right, right. Okay. So can I ask, leading up to your divorce, uh, what was the official cause of divorce? Was it that you weren't being sexually active? Did you initiate it? Did he? So I did. Uh-huh. And... um it's kind of we were officially annulled. So officially it never happened. I had to actually I had to this is so funny. I had to get up in front of a judge, in front of everyone. There was a ton of people there. And I had to be like, Yes, I never had sex with this person. Everybody was like, you know, like what the hell? You know, I saw the reactions 
um, in the courtroom. So yes, I actually had to be uh, in a judge, you know, with with in the courtroom in front of everyone, swearing that I never had sex with someone uh, with my husband. And uh, yeah, that was an interesting experience for sure. Can I ask? why you chose annulment. So just for our listeners, and correct me because I am no expert. Uh, so divorce is acknowledging that you had a marriage, it didn't work for one reason or other, and you're breaking it off. An annulment. Now, I didn't realize that was a court-based thing. I thought that was just a religion-based thing because the Catholic Church, as I remember, if you wanted to, if you uh, wanted to marry someone who had been divorced, you had to prove it was an annulment, which in it, right. that it was never a valid marriage. I didn't know that was something that went through the court. So this is new information to me. Um, uh, yeah, at least it was possible 20 years ago. I'm not sure about it anymore, but yeah, that was, that was possible. And so I, um, it was kind of, we found out about it, um, that we could do that. And I was like, that's, that seems like the best way. That's the most, it's all about like honesty and that kind of stuff. So it's like, that's the most honest, you know, we were never, you know, like we never did anything. So obviously we're going to get an annulment. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Um, all right. So you divorce, uh, can I ask you your reason for divorcing? We still haven't, I don't think got into that why did you decide oh, yeah. um you know it was a myriad of reasons i was not over a lot of things there was um <sighs> there's a lot of triggers in the marriage um and not because of him just how i grew up and how i took things so <clears throat> I remember um, I crawled under the bed. This is kind of private, but like I crawled under the bed in a in the fetal position, and I was like, I just realized I was like, this is really fucked up. Like, what is wrong with like? Um, there was so much wrong. There were so many triggers. He'd suggest things, and I'd take them as orders because of how my dad was. Um, how my dad was with my mom mm. and I just didn't want to be controlled. Um, and I realized that I was afraid of marriage because marriage to me meant control over, over the female, over the, over the woman. And so, um, there was, I realized there was so much for me to learn. I was not in a place to be able to be married. I should not have been married. And so, yeah. We, there was other things, but yeah, that was, that was 95% of it. Yeah. The, so to kind of recap and make sure I'm clear, it sounds like when he would ask you, when he asked you to do sexual things or was it just kind of anything? No, no, just normal normal things, just, just suggestions really. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, uh, or I realize that even now I have those triggers Like if someone says, do this or whatever. I'm like, fuck, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, since you said it that way, there's no way in hell I'm doing that. Like, say it another way and maybe I'll do it. And, you know, like, I still have those because, um, because of my upbringing and how, you know, like what a woman meant 
um, in that culture. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was just pure servitude, and you know you must do as the man says because the man was uh, uh, the head of the household, and you know that kind of thing. And so, yeah. And so you at one point kind of woke up to what was happening and and realized you weren't ready to be uh, in a marriage uh, with another human being or that maybe you even ever wanted to be married, it sounds like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we are at this point where you get divorced. And what I'm going to do is we're going to take a little break. I want to thank you for telling us your story up to this part uh, that, that's very vulnerable of you. And um, it really does give such an amazing uh, view of what that's like being raised in that kind of culture, the kind of damage it can do to a woman. Um, and how that can carry out through the adult experience. And when we come back, we are going to talk about what happened after your journey to being a self-proclaimed whore, what that means. Um, cause I, this is for me going to be the very exciting part of our conversation. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. So we will be right back in a moment. Cheers. In the interest of helping my listeners achieve more orgasms, I'm partnering with the sustainable sex toy company, Love Not War, and gifting each of you a 20% discount on all of their products, including their vibrators with exchangeable heads and the Koi, which is the world's most sustainable wand. All you have to do to add these innovative and earth-friendly toys to your toy box at 20% off is head to their website l-n-w.com and enter my special code LRT20 at checkout. That's l-n-w.com and the 20% discount code LRT20. Look, I just know you're going to love these vibes. I certainly do. Cheers. We are back with the divorced virgin. Um, so up until now, I've been talking to Mindy about how she was raised in evangelical purity culture. She was very generous with the telling of her story and um, helping listeners understand how damaging and how much fear was baked into her as a young child, and then how that played out as she chose or was chosen by or mutually chose a husband, got married and stayed a virgin. Before we went to uh, the break, Mindy, you shared how you got your um, marriage annulled and officially called not valid. So here we are. You're a virgin. You are now single again. And I want to talk about how you went from being now officially the divorced virgin to the self-proclaimed whore you are today. Uh, so let's talk about that. You're divorced. What, what happens? Um, so this is, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, so it was, well, not initially. It was really, really, why the fuck can't I have sex? I mean, why, why can't I? And, and also, I got to get rid of it. I just got to. I got to get rid of it. I just got to get rid of 
sex or got to get rid of my virginity. I got to get rid of it. Like how, like I, so I was trying to like pick out a person. Um, that became your goal. You know, that became my goal. Um, and while trying to get rid of like why or rid of the ideology, right. Of, of like sex equals health. So it took me a lot of months and I finally, <laughs> there was a guy who gave me, I was with Sprint at the, t- at the time and uh, he gave me free minutes because I always went over, uh, you know, there's always these overage charges and he gave me free minutes. I'm like, this is a decent guy. <laughs> I could you know, and he was cute. And I'm like, he seems like a nice dude. I could, you know, like maybe, maybe you could work with him. Work and with him. So you could fuck him. You were thinking I could I, fuck this dude. Or he, like, there was, there could be something that happened. And so, um, yeah, there was no me fucking him at that point. Uh, and so. At that point. Invite, yeah. And so I, you know, gave him my number, all those things. And, and, um, so I remember being in his bed and him just doing whatever he did. And I was like a dead fish the entire time. Wait, 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 uh, what did he do? You said doing what he did. What did he do? Well, I mean, sorry, like sex, you know, putting his like penis he, in. He put his penis in and I did not participate. Right. <laughs> Because my, because I didn't know what to do first off, and uh, second, like I was just like I just got to get rid of it, and and that was my goal. <laughs> and so like once it was cool because it because I mean after all these months of struggling, just struggling, like I got like this is it, it became. A huge, as you can imagine, it became like a huge burden, you know, this virginity. Like, I just got to get rid of it. Like, what the hell is wrong with me, you know? Yeah. And so um, I uh, I just let him, you know, fuck me, laid there like a dead fish. Didn't even tell him. I didn't tell him he was my first. <laughs> he, <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. He didn't and, know. Uh, Again, I talked to him. I every month I went into the Sprint store and had him, you know, and he gave me free minutes every month for I don't know, it was like three or four months, and like we never talked to each other again after that. <laughs> it was so horrible and, and hilarious. I now. want. Can I? I want to know about his penis. When you unwrapped his even, cock, you know, I don't even. It was dark. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> there was nothing like memorable about it i was just like i just laid there in the dark and he had sex with me it like, fit it. it fit it fit it fit right it was not a monster I didn't have anxiety over it well i mean i was in, i had anxiety about other things including hell i still had the hell thing even though i was um deconstructing from religion at that point right um, I, so I had lots of, you know, it was like the, it was every, I was deconstructing from everything at that point and, um, are starting to, and, uh, so still having all the anxiety, including sex equals hell. And yet 
just laying there, letting him have sex. It was it was a crazy time. It was a crazy time with the lights off. Yes. So. So he didn't know you were a virgin. You got no. the deed done. I assume, I'm going to assume that it wasn't the best. Like, it wasn't like you weren't like, this feels so fucking good, right? No, not even kind of. Yeah. Um, at that point. Were you relieved, though, when you left? What what have what have my listeners learned from this? A, monster cocks don't always get you laid. B, sharing your extra minutes, like you got to bring something to the table. I always tell people, want to get laid? You got to bring a woman something to the table. <laughs> In this case, this dude had minutes, and while not a memorable dick, a cock that worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i love this conversation um i feel like you're proving everything i've claimed throughout the course of this podcast um but so I, even, I'm, I confess i haven't listened to any of your podcasts so. that's probably that's for the best <laughs> oh no no but, but it's awesome i still get to claim or you, you know I'm, I'm proving you right yes you are you are um no um so did you feel relieved afterwards? What oh, did you yeah. feel after losing your I'm virginity? At some point, you and I, I want in this conversation to talk about the bullshit construct that is virginity. But was there a relief that came with it? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I felt I was so at that point, I was so free. I was like, I did it. I finally did it. Like, I can have sex now and it just released me it released yeah. me it was amazing and did you have fears about going to hell after having sex or did it by having sex was there something that unraveled in you we'll be right back Start the new year off with a bang. My Code Explores 15 gets you 15% off Womanizer.com's famous Pleasure Air Tech Sex Toys. You know, the clit-satisfying sucking sensation that guarantees explosive orgasms. Just go to Womanizer.com and check out my personal favorite, the Womanizer Duo 2. Get ready for blended orgasms or the Premium 2. Womanizer.com has something for you whether you are seeking clitastic satisfaction, blended orgasms, or explosive G-spot experiences. Just shop womanizer.com and use my code EXPLORES15 at checkout for 15% off. That's 15% off all womanizer.com products with my code EXPLORES15 at checkout. Cheers. Uh, it was a little bit of both because the thing is, since I was I was deconstructing religion at the same time, and realizing that my the whole thing the whole thing was bullshit anyway, then what was I to be scared of? I just needed to continue on this path and uh, of kind of uh, sleeping with whoever I wanted, kind of thing. Like I could I could do this. I wasn't going to go to hell. Right. Right. So you get done fucking for the first time. It's not that great. But you're like, I'm free. And the freedom angels were singing in the background. And <laughs> and at, so what at this point made you decide, I'm going to start, I assume this was where you started exploring your own sexuality. Absolutely. 
Yeah. It was kind of funny because um, I still had a lot of limitations at the time. Um, I still had, like, I was like, if if I fuck five guys, I'm a whore. I'm definitely a whore. I, you know, like, <laughs> and so, like, I couldn't, well, I think initially it was three, and then it was five, and then it was nine, because ten was definitely a whore. So I only could fuck up to nine, you know? And then Wait, did this so did this did this number move as you had sex with more guys? Was that the was yes. it a movable goalpost? Yes, yes, it was a movable goal. <laughs> the goalpost moved. Yes, and then uh, so I so after nine, I rem- I remember just okay. So who can I who can I revisit? Like who can I fuck? <laughs> So I don't go past 10. Like, cause that's obviously, I don't want to be a whore. So it was like, it was so funny. Cause now I have no, I mean, I have no clue about how many people I've, it's definitely, it's, it's past a hundred long time ago. I have no idea. Like I yeah. mean, after, I think after like 15, probably I decided it didn't fucking matter. It just didn't matter. It doesn't so, fucking it, matter. I've been cussing a lot. I, um, so, uh, yeah. So we use all the language. You can use all the language. And I even just okay. recently did a podcast on why women should feel comfortable using all the language. So talk how you want to talk. Oh, cool. Including cunt, huh? All of it. All of it. Your no, favorite no. words. Maybe at the end, we'll talk about your favorite words and I'll talk yes. about mine. Yes. And how I got freed into using the word fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so um, go ahead. So I, I want to uh, restart in that I want to point out, yes, what you said was important. Number doesn't fucking matter. Period. Number doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Number doesn't matter. And, you know, it's kind of funny because since I've been, let's see, I think late 20s was probably the last time I was asked how many people I had sex with. Like who asked that except for immature boys that are insecure. Right. <laughs> like why, why does it matter how many I've had, how many of you had sex with, you know, of course they generally lie, but, like, right. but it's, you know, so like what is wrong with how many I've had, you know? So, but it's been nice because, um, since I've gotten older, you know, realizing that it doesn't matter and then nobody asks, nobody cares. You know? Yeah, nobody should care. I'm sure some people do, but, you know, fuck those people. Or not, or let's, A, don't fuck those people. B, ed- I think educating <laughs> yeah. those people is, is yeah. what's truly important, right? Um, so you started having sex with lots of men. And I'm curious about the exploration you did within that. I mean, do you, did you, did you explore outside of like missionary? I, I'm going to assume that the breadth of your exploration has gone beyond, <laughs> uh, what would be considered by some vanilla sex. Right. Right. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Um, it took me a while to get outside of vanilla, I will say. And then, um, it, you know, then I then I explored the back door stuff and but butt know. stuff. 
footstools. <laughs> and, um, and now, you know, getting on top was a huge thing. Um, because I have insecurities or did anyway, um, about how my breasts look. Mm. Um, I had a reduction and so mm. I have, uh, some scars. The doctor didn't do that great of a job. Um, and he, he was used to, um, uh, augmenting and not like, of course, <laughs> the opposite. And so, yeah, I, I still have scars, uh, 10 year or 12 years later and, um, just, you know, different things. So I, I had, you know, insecurities still. And, uh, so I didn't want to be on top, but you know, it was amazing. I, I had some amazing partners, uh, particularly one that just changed my world. And that was when I was 35. When you were 35. Um, and, uh, he m- made it his quest to tell me to do things for my pleasure, whatever I needed to do that. And so that was a huge, uh, turning point for mm-hmm. me. Um, also he would do things like, in the shower and the, he kept things exciting, right? Like yeah. he always did like all these like amazing moves and all this stuff. And, um, I started being comfortable being on top in the light in like the, you know, which it was very kind of like, I'd always want like dim or, you know, rose colored, you know, um, light before that. But this was like, in the middle of the day when the sun was shining on us, you know, kind of thing. And I felt comfortable being on top and he just kissed me and said how, you know, beautiful I was. And he made all the difference in the world. Yeah. 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 It's wonderful to get to have a, um, especially in cis heterosexual male, female, um, sexual experiences, unfortunately, our culture has not cultivated or taught either men or women how to attend to women's pleasure. So finding a man, a cis heterosexual man, who has that skill and understands how to initiate or participate in that, it's sort of a rare find. I feel like I've had a, I like you, I've had a good number, <laughs> a solid hefty number of uh, <laughs> cis male partners. And I, would you agree with me that finding uh, a cis male, heterosexual male, who has that skill is kind of rare? We'll be right back. Kick off the new year with a jaw-dropping 30% off of some of the hottest sex toys and my favorite, Gleam Lube, with code EXPLORERS30 when you shop thethruster.com. Known as the home of the incredible build-your-own-thruster prime, thethruster.com is also partnered with lassiere.com, where you'll find gorgeous vibrating steel toys, and boutiquevoila.com, where you can grab a vibrating lipstick, a rubber ducky that gets lucky, or even get pounded by... Thor's hammer, literally, all for 30% off with code EXPLORES30. Just head to thethruster.com where you'll find The Thruster, Lassier, and Boutique Voila and enjoy 30% off your site-wide purchases with code EXPLORES30 at checkout. Cheers. 
holy crap, yes. Like, holy shit. Like, that is completely... I've only had... I would say two really, 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 really good partners. Like, uh, I want you to repeat that loudly for the people in the back. <laughs> With the probably 200, I would guess, I don't know, two plus, uh, 100 people I've slept with, uh, there's only been two really, 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 really good ones that actually knew what they were doing. Really good at oral, really good at paying attention uh, with uh, my pleasure. Of course, that encourages me to be the best I can be with their pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I in and don't get me wrong, I do, you know, do my best initially with my partners. But the thing is that if if the partners don't match. I get rid of them real quick. I love that. It's like we start out trying real hard, but if you just can't meet us or surpass us or give us the wow factor, we will we will stop. That is true. It's true because I say this all of the time, but reciprocity is sexy as fuck. And that's in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. That's in the romance department. That's in every department. Like reciprocity is sexy. If you do not give back a woman what she is giving you, she will give up and she will find someone who will or try yeah. even if it takes 200 fucking times so here <laughs> here's a question uh, i'm going to get to the obvious question which is have you only fucked men no okay do you can i ask you about your identity do you identify as heterosexual because i've so far been making that assumption so just to verify um i think I kind of consider myself bi. I haven't had too many women experiences. Um, I, and I will say, uh, honestly, uh, there was a time when, like, I approached a girl and I don't get denied by men. Like, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, and so, um, I approached a woman and she was, she wasn't interested. She just clearly wasn't interested. I mean, she told me she wasn't fucking interested. And um, that kind of scared me off, honestly. I, and you- so, you know, it was one of those things. And so I, it was it was kind of scary. And so that whole rejection thing, uh, I kind of, I understand where men hate to get rejected because of that experience. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know if I could do So I haven't. I honestly haven't approached a woman since. Yeah. I think um, it would be interesting maybe sometime in the future to have you back and talk about that sexuality. Because there is exploring your sexuality as in what do I like in bed and the things that you're going to do in bed once you move on from missionary and, you know, up the butt, then maybe you get tied up, then maybe you like whatever, try two men at once, we'll get there. Um, I will ask you that question before this is over. Um, But then exploring your sexuality as in sexual identity I think especially for women who are starting to think, well, maybe I'm bisexual, it is a totally different experience than banging dudes. And that's where you have to build up a lot of fortitude. And I think on some level, it's given, (laughs) I have 
believe it or not, I've been rejected by a woman or two. I identify fully as bisexual. I know you haven't listened to all of the podcasts, but yeah, uh, fully bisexual over here. Um, and that resonates how difficult it is in those first. It's so difficult. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, like, I consider myself bisexual, kind of. Yeah. But, like, I haven't been with enough women to, you know, I've been with, like, what, three women, I think. And so, like, I don't, but but not like one experience each. Well, you, you know, you don't have to have actually sexually been with any woman to be bisexual, yeah, right? But, but it helps. Yeah. <laughs> it helps verify it for you for sure. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, um can I want to talk about exploration of your sexuality with beyond numbers. Um you know, obviously, I I think one of the things that's interesting is to hear so well, first of all, at what point did you or do you feel like you've been you've freed yourself from a deconstructed yourself from evangelical purity and you've freed yourself from the fear and that you've embraced being, you know, an amazing sexual being? At what point did you wake up and well, go, hey? That's a good question. Um I'd like to say that I freed myself, or you know, freed myself, deconstructed, um, like halfway into my twenties. I'd I'd love to say that, um, but it's been a huge process. I, it's it's been a lot longer than where I thought it would ever be, um, because I run into different situations i'm like holy shit i didn't think of it that way or oh oh my god why why am i running against this why am i thinking this right now you know kind of thing and can you give so an example um not at the top of my head but it happens maybe and judgment pops up when you yeah, hear about something judgment, yeah well especially you know what i i know up until you know, 35 when I was with Arch, you know, my, uh, the, the guy that I'm telling you about, the, that helped me with a lot of things actually. Um, and to that point, I thought I was completely fine until him. It was so wild. And then I'm like, holy shit, all this stuff I've been missing. Like I've been missing all these things because, I've, I've limited myself or I didn't have a partner that was compatible or, you know, it was amazing. Like our intimacy level, you know, our, like I didn't realize how sex wasn't just like poking a hole. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah, right. It's yeah. not just all about friction. It's not about, you know, um, and um, the intimacy level of a, and like tantric and all these other kinds of sex, you know, like I didn't realize I'd kind of sort of heard about them and I was kind of sort of like whatever and rolled my eyes, but I never experienced them for myself. Yeah. Have you branched out into trying things like tantric sex and mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, okay. and it was with him in particular. That's the only one. But not the only one I've tried, but the only one I got to that level. Like, what? I tried afterwards. Once I knew that existed, I'm like, holy shit, everybody needs to know about this. Like, I got to try it with everyone. And then 
I realized that I couldn't get to that point with everyone. What are some of the, can you give me a sort of the breadth of different things you've tried? Like, like, let's just start naming things. We know, we know you tried the butt. Yay. I like, I like butt stuff. That's the good. Yeah. Yeah, If if you know what you're doing, the butt (laughs) stuff can really enhance all the other stuff. And that, and that is the key because (laughs) like most guys, you have to like, teach because mm-hmm. they it's something they want to know but they don't know about you know and so they either um like how should i say they either get too excited and they get soft or <laughs> you know seriously or they get excited and they get super hard and grow and then it's way too much pressure for you right and you know or and then they get you know deeper and longer and it's and girthier or whatever and it's it just turns out kind of not not that great um in certain situations right Mm -hmm. and so yeah i've tried all kinds uh the tantric was is interesting i like the personally um, I like, sure, there's the hard and, you know, I, I, you know, in certain moods, you really like the hard and dirty and, you know, all the stuff. And, um, but I'm very, uh, sensual. Mm. And so I really like the sensual. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be completely, like, it doesn't have to be on me. I, I like being sensual. Mm. And so, um, uh, and that creates a certain environment, uh, that is very giving, I think, mm-hmm. on both ends. Yeah. And so that, um, that makes for a very satisfying, um, sexual experience. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? I, mean, I initiate so they know where to go. You know what I mean? Like I initiate. So they're like, oh, this is, this is what we're doing, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, it goes from there. Yeah. Because if you just rely on the man, they're just going to do the, the, you know, peg in the whole thing. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. Generally speaking. Not with Archie, but that's, you know, that's been my experience and not with another, you know, the two. Right. So, but everybody else that, you know, is just pegging the hole unless you, you initiate. So you have found is what you're saying in the, the, again, you've said you were with three women out of that, you know, whatever, 100, 200, whatever the number is, many people you've been with. And you are saying that out of that group of people, your experience has been barring maybe one or two guys, they've all just gone for like getting the dick in and pounding away. Um, I mean, some, well, I mean, some will do the, um, you know, try to go down, you know, do the whole down, go down on you and stuff like right. that. I'm talking about like the amazing fucking experiences. Right. I'm talking about the holy shit. I can't live without this kind of stuff. Right. right? Which, which is, is so much more than just licking a pussy and then putting it in. Right. It's an expanded right. experience of like pleasure and on i mean sex can last for for a very long time in my wow. case i like wow. to include toys that i think really helps with the experience uh drawing it out and getting to use different toys and have different setups and experiences get a little spanked 
throw in this toy, <laughs> pull out the, you know. <laughs> That's just what I like, folks. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, I've had a lot of good sexual I mean, I mean, when I say when I say those two, I mean those are life changing experiences. Mm-hmm. Right? Those were like like, oh my God, um, I didn't realize sex could be like this experiences. So, you know, there's, uh, like I said, there's other guys that have done other things, uh, or that have, that have maybe, you know, gone down on me, done all the other stuff, been, been, you know, sensual and stuff too, but didn't give me the wow experience. You know, right. Like those two guys. So, so those are the ones that stick out in my mind. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Have yeah. you been with more than one man at a time? I've been with more than one. Well, I've been with uh, me and another woman and a man. So you've I've, had a threesome. Yeah, I've I've had a th- I've had a few threesomes. Yeah. And what do you think of them? And in a relationship experience, like like they had a relationship. I was the unicorn. Oh, you've been a unicorn. Yeah. Those those been my threesome experiences uh, tell me what you what do you think about being a unicorn what what's your opinion um i've had good experiences being a unicorn um i yeah i really enjoyed it 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 turned out well i wasn't a part of their relationship and so whatever was fallout they had to deal with <laughs> You know what I mean? I remove myself. I don't know if they had a fallout. You know what I mean? I didn't, I don't know necessarily what they had to deal with. Um, but, uh, I know with, well, I do know with one experience, it was a friend and his girlfriend, now wife. And we, she came up to me one time. She was like, or I didn't even know if he was telling me the truth. And he said that he had a hall pass. And I was like, He'd, she'd, they'd been going together for, I don't know, seven years or something at that point. And I was, uh, I said, eh, okay, you know, I was thinking, oh, I don't know if this is this is true or not, but whatever. So, um, I we we played, we did all the things, including, um, I gave him like a blowjob, like a real, like you know, my normal, but. I mean, it's pretty fabulous. You, you gave next level head. <laughs> I can, I can. And so, um, I, and that's one thing that I learned to get out of sex during the whole, like, uh, not being a whore past five, past three, past 10, whatever, how I get out of, of not being counted as a number I discovered was giving head. So I became very, very good at head. So they, so I wouldn't be a whore. And which doesn't make sense, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, because like I was responsible for guys having blue balls, for guys having like all these things, right? Is what I was was in my head because uh, of indoctrination in a certain weird way. But so if I anyway, doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's another conversation, I suppose. But anyway, so I got really really good at head, and so this guy. He, uh, we had, had, so the girlfriend came up to me later and I had no idea if she knew or not. And she goes, I heard 
that you give really good head. And I was like, awesome. I'm getting beat up. I don't know. Like, I've never gotten a fight before. I don't know what's happening. And, and she was like, yeah, so can you teach me how to, yeah, I was like, oh my God. So end up, we end up all having a threesome. It was really cool. One of, one of the times that I had a threesome. Yeah. yeah. That was the unicorn. So what I know didn't, um, didn't create a, you know, drama or whatever, but who knows what the others. Yeah. I, I have yet to do a full, uh, podcast on being a unicorn and, and, uh, there is a, a lot of shaming around unicorn hunters, but there are plenty of us who have enjoyed being unicorns and it can be a lovely experience. And part of the reason is exactly as you state, you get to come in and have great sex and then leave. <laughs> And yep. if there is any drama that ensues or weird feelings, like you actually don't have to deal with that shit. You just get to have the great sex. Uh, so yep. I love that you verify that. So what I want to move on to right now is, uh, well, first of all, I would like to know after this journey and, you know, this conversation really, I have so many questions for you uh, about the process of, of deconstructing purity culture about how you really, I know that it wasn't a simple thing. And I know that there's so much more to it than just having sex with people. Although I think one of the things your journey does illustrate is that sex can be an incredibly healing thing. Um, sex with yeah. multiple people, uh, as you d explore yourself and learn about yourself can be, is, a powerful tool towards healing and uh, finding self-worth and self-confidence and um, just discovering who you are, which it sounds like from where you were to where you are now, like clearly you came from a place of a lot of fear and not knowing how to just own your own life and to this place where you clearly do have your own life. You take lovers when you want them. You get rid of them. I Now, I haven't asked, are you married right now? No. Are you in uh, a relationship? Well, not, uh, not a traditional type. I, I consider myself ethically non-monogamous. Uh, can you say that? Uh, I consider myself ethically non-monogamous. <laughs> ethically non-monogamous. I I have a lot of experience with that. So, wow, that's a that's that's a whole different conversation. So, you not only did you step out of purity culture and the idea of marriage, you are now working within the confines of a different uh, relationship style, being ethically non-monogamous. So, you this I assume means you have more than one one partner and you're very open yes. about that whenever i want <laughs> whenever you want <laughs> yeah <laughs> um congratulations that's amazing thank you um i would like you to tell me what being a whore means to you a self-proclaimed whore can you tell me what that means to you i think i mean more than anything it means that I can do when I want, what I want, when I want, I can, um, I'm not defined by traditional religious or I'm not, tr I'm not defined by traditional standards. I can have sex with whoever I want, whenever I want, basically. I think that's, that's pretty much what it is. It's, it's the whole, you know, I mean, it's, 
ethical non-monogamy, because um, really ethical non-monogamy is what we used to call dating. I mean, um, and so just recognizing that um, I'm my own person and that I'm not defined by a traditional relationship. Yeah. And now I'd like to know, so you are now on what, what made you decide to get on Instagram? And it, it seemed that's where you primarily on is, are, that is where you are primarily telling that's your story. It. That's it. That's all. Yeah. What made you decide to start telling your story on Instagram? It's a really good question. Cause, um, it wasn't that long ago. It was just in February, uh, 2022. And, um, I, I realized that, well, kind of funny. I didn't realize that Instagram had like a lot of people that were telling their story about purity culture. I had no clue at the time. Um, my goal was to make people feel not broken because I had felt so broken for so long. Um, and um, even though it was like so, um, hard to tell my story, especially as the divorced virgin, right? Like, like I'm, I'm this person that, that people will be like, what the fuck happened there? You know? Right. <laughs> and, um, uh, in telling my story in that way, um, but I, but I really wanted people like here, here's where I came from. So I understand everybody, you know, so I can, so, so I'm accepting, I understand, I, you know, like all these other things that people have gone through. And so people feel like they can open up to me. I get tons of DMs about, you know, their situation because uh, they know I've been through stuff too. They know right. I've been through shit too. And so that's, um, been a really, good experience as well as I have, I feel like I've had a lot of responsibility so far because, um, in a, in a good way, but it's been, um, I, I listen to a lot of people's stories are that are harder than what I've ever gone through that are a lot harder than mine. And, um, I've heard of, you know, there's, there's people that message me that they've been in 10 year relationships that, they still have a lot of hard times sexually because of what they've gone through or, you know, five years, they're still a virgin, you know, like different things that I didn't have to, or, or being, being five years. And there's, so are you're saying you have met people who are five years into a marriage and still a virgin? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's been people that message me. They're like, I am, you know, I identify with you and see, I mean, mine was only a year and a half on paper, seven months. Really? If I'm going to be honest, I left him after seven months. Like, I mean, that's, you know, five years on paper is, is so five years, you know, like, and, um, people who have been, um, beat drowned in swimming pools by their parents, you know, do all kinds of abusive stuff. And I'm like, I, 
you know, I, I was certainly abused and I was certainly, you know, a, a divorced virgin, but I had never gone through anything like that, you know? And, uh, yeah, so it's, but, it, but what it has done, um, is made people open up and identify where they might not have done otherwise. And so, you know, not, not their life is secret. Like they felt like they needed to mm-hmm. before. So when somebody reaches out to you, do they ask for advice or may I ask one piece of advice you would give someone who is, has had, or is in a similar experience to, to yours? What would be your main piece of advice? What, what situation do you mean? You mean the divorced virgin thing? In a way, or yeah. Like, let's let's just start there. What would your primary piece of advice be for someone raised in purity culture who has managed to get into a marriage who cannot have sex because of the damage done? Yeah. Um. So, um, my advice would be a reset. You know, um, tell them. I can't necessarily tell them what to do because I am not in their mind, right? But I can tell them what I've been through and how I got to where I am. Um, and that includes a divorce. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause, cause you're already in that mindset with that person. Um, and so, and somehow can't get past it. Right. So if you can divorce yourself from that person and start a whole, a whole nother, like, not even a relationship, but you realize this might not be the best advice. I'm not, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but what I'm saying is that that's what worked for me. Because if you are stuck at a place mentally, you can, if knows who you are and what you've been through, you can get through shit kind of easier. Cause all you have to do is it's just by yourself instead of having that person with you, reminding you who you were. Well, right? and your divorce served as an opportunity. You realized right. I've got to work on this. And yeah. how can you possibly work on something like that when you've got a partner who's going without sex I mean, that's, years. that's a lot of fucking pressure, right? I mean, cause in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm keeping this thing from this person who needs intimacy and I've got to work my shit out. Right. You know, I don't think it's necessarily bad advice when you wake up and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm coming out of this damaging culture. I'm in this marriage. And even if it's with a great person, you have so much work to do to get to a point. And right. I do want to circle back to, there was a point earlier in this conversation when you brought up how your mind, what's going on in your mind can actually cause your body to react. And that is so real. Um, yeah. 
I, you don't know about this yet, but I've been on a 365 days of orgasms journey this year, trying to have one orgasm a day, every day of the year, which I have done so far. With people or just yourself or both? It's both. So it can be alone or with a partner. It's always nice. I have to tell you when you, when you fuck yourself as much as I fuck myself and you get a partner to come in and do some of that, it's like so wonderful. Um, <laughs> as so yeah. And, 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 um, it has been interesting to me. I've shared before on this podcast that I am a childhood rape survivor and it has been interesting. And so that is, I was at the age 13, 13, 14 when that happened. Um, and I am now 48 and going through this journey now. And, and yes, I've been a whore like throughout my life, but, but this is the first time I focused a whole year on making sure that I had pleasure every day. And what I realized is that trauma in the beginning of my life has kept me from experiencing pleasure. And by having this orgasm every day and having a partner who's very focused on helping me find pleasure, new spots. Like I I had this experience and I don't know if this resonates with you, but for the good part of my early part of having sex, I could experience pleasure through clitoral stimulation. But when someone would penetrate me, it was like nothing. It was like I'd feel nothing or kind of discomfort and pain and pressure. And only since I've been on this journey of finding my pleasure and prioritizing that, have I suddenly the inside, my vaginal canal, my G spot and my P spot have woken up. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like that feels amazing. And I'm all of this is to come back to um, your mind and the trauma that happens early on in life. You are exactly right. Can shut your body down. It can make your vagina actually clench so that a penis can't get in there, which it sounds yeah, like you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and in order to get that response to stop, I think back to the advice you just gave, it's not bad advice to say, I need to step out of this situation and do the work on myself mentally and sometimes physically learning how to penetrate yourself, uh, and pleasure yourself. I think I appreciate you validating, validating that because, um, that's not, advice that most people would give. And so I questioned myself on that advice, you know, um, also I want to tell you real quick that I am sorry if I triggered you in any way when I was saying the molestation and sexual thing. No. Okay. I think that it's very important to be able to talk about, um, these things openly because it strips shame from it. Right. Um, right. when we're able to have a conversation. And part of the reason why I love to talk about sex be- is because it starts to strip shame from the experiences, the difficult, awful, and traumatizing experiences. Yeah. And I feel very safe talking to you because you've been very vulnerable with me, right? So I appreciate you sharing all of that. Yeah. It's all around validating. Um, all right. So you're telling your story on Instagram. I feel like I could just talk to you for hours and hours and hours, to be honest. I have so many questions and conversations I want to have with you, but we only have the so many. Helps. 
Yeah, the wine helps. Mindy, I'm going to tell you listeners, Mindy came into this conversation very nervous. Um, uh, We, she was very open about it. And I think that that's fair. It is fair to be nervous when talking about stuff like this and um, sharing. And I think you've done a beautiful job of being vulnerable, honest and telling your story. And you are telling the story on Instagram. Right now, that's what you're doing. You're cultivating your storytelling there and connecting with as many people as possible. And, and your account, I would like to point out, isn't just for people who have been in purity culture and, and the same situation. I think it's a very educational. It's incredibly self, uh, uh, sex positive. I learn something from every post. I love your posts. Uh, you're a very good storyteller through that medium. I, I want to also, I think with, with purity culture and with people in, in very high controlled religions or within high control religions or have got out of high control religions, um, they haven't been introduced to a lot of things. Um, or they were told really negative things about different kinds of people. Um, or, uh, they haven't seen many things in life, um, life maybe, or they need, uh, and this, I'm speaking of myself really, I guess. Um, but in the people that I've been around the, the homeschooled high religion, you know, person. And so, um, uh, I make sure like on my stories to, to bring different kinds of people into light. And that is, you know, uh, uh, gay, trans, uh, you know, people, you know, people of color, you know, just different, uh, even it's kind of funny, dude, a lot of people still have the, um, the expectation of the, the welfare queen and different things. And so I have like, you know, sex positive black doctors, right? Like just different people that most people in my culture growing up weren't didn't even know existed right yeah your content is very inclusive and i appreciate appreciate that that. it's very intentional Mm -hmm. Uh, it's visually inclusive it's in the written word that you share inclusive which is something i appreciate and something that is it's always a learning process i'm learning about it um and always trying to point out when we're talking about sex, when we're talking about heterosexual cis people, or when, you know, I talk about penis owners a lot, because there are a lot of people who have penises who aren't men or cis men. And there are people who have, or I'll talk about vulva owners, or uh, people with vulvas, because, uh, and it's a learning curve, learning how to talk about different People. You know, I haven't got there yet, and and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why is because the the people that are in the high controlled religions and stuff, it was only ever about women and men, right? Yeah. And so, in like the church culture, it was only they only recognized women and men and 
so that's how everything was presented. Yeah. Um, and so I still haven't got there with the vulva owners and the penis owners. I, I haven't got there because it, it wasn't about the penis owners and the vulva owners. It was, it was binary. Right. Yeah. And so I include, like I have all the content and my stories about different, you know, all the, all the things, all the, all the different kinds of people, all the different, you know, being inclusive and everything, but I haven't gotten there with my writing, um, in, in my posts. It's a journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're doing a wonderful job. I do. I think, I think, yeah. yeah. So, um, as we wrap it up, I would like you to share how people can find you. Okay. Well, right now it's super simple. Uh, I'm only on at the divorce virgin. At the divorce <laughs> virgin. Instagram. The divorce virgin. Not a divorce virgin. I'm the only one. <laughs> the, the only. The, the divorced virgin, which that's not true, but um, as, as we've t- uh, chatted about before. But anyway, yeah, the divorced virgin. Um, and that is it as uh, of this point. Right. And if you scroll down to the comment section in this podcast, I will link um, your account, Mindy's account, The Divorced Virgin. Um, I do hope, Mindy, that you and I get the opportunity to talk in the future and collaborate either in more episodes or on content on sheexplorerslife.com. Um, I, I, I think you have uh, a lot to share with people including me. I'm learning a lot about purity culture. I've learned a lot from you. Uh, Listeners, you know where to find me, hopefully. If you have questions for Mindy or myself, your own story you want to tell, just email me at a-n-n-e-t-t-e at sheexplorerslife.com. That's Annette at sheexplorerslife.com. You can find me on Facebook, She Explores Life, or at Locker Room Talking Shots. You can find me on Instagram at sheexplorerslife or at at locker room talking shots and of course my personal account you're all welcome to i am posting reels and and uh, other things there is uh, at being benedetti i'm also over on tiktok and it's locker room talk podcast and uh ticking and talking over there it's quite an adventure um you can also a lot of places you keep up with a lot of stuff man. i'm in i'm in all the places and of course please take time to check out my uh content articles uh, sex positivity uh articles and w- sexual wellness articles going up at sheexplorerslife.com so that is my wind down oh I did. I forgot to tell everybody. I don't know. I forget to mention it. I do have a Patreon. You can uh, head over there um, and support my content there. So, Mindy, until next time, let's stay in touch. And, uh, folks, I will see you in the locker room. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Ring loop. Bring sexy back in 2024 with hot lingerie, sensual body products, and adventurous sex toys from lovehoney.com, all at a 15% discount with code EXPLORES15. Embrace your inner bombshell with their gorgeous bra and panty sets, 
baby dolls, and corsets. Then explore your desires with their line of toys that range from vanilla is my flavor to tie me up and call me good girl daddy. And don't forget to treat yourself to massage candle or essential body oil, all for 15% off with code EXPLORES15 when you shop lovehoney.com. That's right, 15% off on lingerie, sex toys, and more when you shop lovehoney.com and use code EXPLORES15 at checkout. Cheers. 